Father, thank you so much again for this evening. Lord, uh, what you've done in a very small people, a very weak and, and, and often foolish people, Lord, is just incredible. It's a testament to your mercies and to your grace, to your goodness, Lord. Um, Father, we just thank you so much for, for the fruit that you've bore uh, just recently in, in, in life. And I know that you, you are bearing, Lord, throughout this church. Um, we recognize that, that apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. And so, Lord, it is with desperation that we seek to meet with you tonight and to hear from you. Lord, whatever it is from your word that you want uh, to confront us with, Lord, to challenge us with, Lord, would you do that tonight? Would you open up our eyes and soften our hearts, Father, to hear and receive what it is you have for us? Lord, change us more to be like Christ. Lord, work in and, and through us. Lord, show yourself strong in us. Lord, we ask for these things tonight in Jesus' name, amen. All right, the title of tonight's message is Perfect Heart, right? We're going to be in 2nd, uh, sorry, not 2nd Corinthians, don't go there. 2nd Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. So if you've got your Bibles, be turning there. 2nd Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. Now this is a, 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 just a single verse. We're actually only going to be looking at the first half of the verse. We'll, we'll kind of scan around some places in our Bible. But this is something that, that God, during this season of prayer and fasting, that the Lord... Uh, really hit me with, got me excited about, and, and so I gave that over to, to really a time of meditation and just looking at this in more detail, um, really wanting the Lord to kind of show this to me and work this out in my heart and life, and so it's something that, uh, again, has been very impactful to me, and I just want to share with you some of those lessons that God showed me tonight. So Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, it says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Right, so the first thing that I want for all of us to see tonight is that God is looking for something. Right, God is looking for something. It says that the eyes of the Lord, they run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Right, God is seeking something. And that should get our attention. Right? When you just look at Scripture, you will not find a lot that God is looking for, a lot that God is actively seeking. Right? Now, to not leave us hanging, right? God does not make us go far to find what it is that He's looking for. In fact, He tells us right here in this verse. It says that God is looking for those whose heart is perfect toward Him. Right? He's looking for those whose heart is perfect toward Him. And again, we don't have to go far to find the reason why. He tells us here, he says, God desires to show himself strong in our behalf. Right? God is looking for those whose heart is perfect toward him because God desires to show himself strong in us. Now, I don't know about you guys, but man, that excites me. Right? That, that, that got me. I, I, I think about all of the, the challenges, right, the, the hard fields that we face, right, the impossible odds of, of winning a soul to Christ in today's day and age, and, and the idea that, that God would desire to show himself strong. You know, I think subconsciously, sometimes we, we think, hey, I'm praying to a God that God, God is up there and he hears, but God's really busy, and I'm just one person in a world of eight billion people, and you know my problems are kind of small problems. And so, yeah, I, I, I know God loves me, 
I know God hears my prayers, but you know, he's, he's kind of just left this to me to work, its, work itself out, right? And so it's just kind of me against the world, and man, I've got these impossible odds, and God's like, no, that's not true. No, in fact, God is looking for you. God desires to show himself strong in you, but the problem is, is God is not willing to do that with just anybody. You see, God is looking for those whose heart would be perfect toward him. And so the natural question that we have to ask ourselves here tonight, right, is how do we make sure that our heart is right towards God? Right? How do we make sure that our heart is perfect towards God? Because every one of us, every servant of God, it should be the cry of our heart that, then God, you would show yourself strong in me. God, you would show yourself strong in me. You would show yourself strong in this church. Lord, if we're going to count for anything other than to waste oxygen in this life, Lord, God, you have to show yourself strong in me. And so that's what we're going to look at here tonight, right? I want to give you guys just three points here tonight, right? When you do this study, when you look at heart and you look at perfect in your Bible and you study those words together, it's not actually that long of a study. Any one of you guys could do this tonight. I'm just going to take the scripture and open it up and show you what I showed you. Summarize this in just three points, okay? So we're going to make it nice and easy, and we're going to move pretty quickly here, all right? So point number one is this, right? A perfect heart is submitted. A perfect heart is submitted, right? We could say another word for that would be obedient. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 61, it says, Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments... As at, the, as at this day. And the king and all Israel with him, they offered up sacrifice before the Lord. And so again, we see that a perfect heart is submitted. Right? It's a heart that's want to, is set to, pleasing the Lord, right? Living in obedience to his commands, not as we think and not as we feel. You see, when we call him Lord, we're saying, you are the authority. Your word rules over my life. What you say, I don't get to pick and choose, right? I'm just going to obey it. Even when I don't understand it, even when it goes against my natural instincts, even when it's inconvenient or it creates problems with others or or situations in my life, Lord, what you say, that's what I'm going to do because I'm going to be submitted. I'm going to be obedient. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 3, says, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart have done that which is good in thy sight. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 3, and he said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. That word walk, it it is in reference to our conduct, right? Our actions. He says, I have walked before thee in truth, that is, according to your word. Right? John 17, verse 17 tells us that thy word is truth. So when I am walking in truth, I am walking in obedience to the word of God. Right? We're here tonight because we recognize our need for God. Right? We recognize the, the power of prayer and Right, the scriptures tell us that if we regard iniquity in our heart, right, that the Lord will not hear us. Psalm 66, verse 18, right? And so our key point here for tonight is that sin 
right? Disobedience to the word of God not only hinders our prayers, but it limits God's power in our life. Sin, disobedience to the word of God not only hinders our prayers, but it limits God's power in our life. Now go back to 1 Kings chapter 8. I want you to notice here that a submitted heart is needed for right worship. Right? A submitted heart is needed for right worship. We might say that it is a prerequisite for the kind of true worship that God desires. Again, 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 61, he says again, Tell us, or, let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God. Again, to walk in his statutes, to keep his commandments as at this day. And get this, and the king of all, and all Israel with him, they offered sacrifice before the Lord. And so we find here that submission ought to come before sacrifice. Right, sacrifice, that is a, a form of worship that we see in the Bible, right? In fact, it's the very first form of worship that we see show up way back in Genesis chapter 22. Right, but from this, we can see that God desires our submission over our sacrifices and before our worship. And you say, I'm, I'm not tracking with you. I don't believe you, right? Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 22, he says, For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. He says, hey, you know what? That day that I took you out of Egypt, the first thing on the agenda was not burnt offerings and sacrifices. That's not what I needed your attention about. In fact, the first thing that I told you, right, he says, but this thing I commanded them saying, obey my voice. And I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you to this day that it may be well with you. All right, you've got other references there in your notes. I'll let you check those out on your own. Second key point here for tonight is this. It's submission. Obedience is required for true worship. Submission, obedience is required for true worship. And so the question that we want to ask ourselves here tonight is that do we worship, right, do we offer worship and praise to God without submission to him? Right? Do we draw near? Do you draw near with your mouth? Right? Do you honor him with your lips? And yet your heart is so far from him. Right? Do we sing songs of praise knowing that, you know what, I've got unrepentant sin in my life. Yeah, I, when, when, when Eric calls up the choir, I am the loudest one. I'm in the front row and I'm singing praise and I'm letting everyone know this is how much I love God and God's looking at me and saying, you won't even obey my voice. That kind of praise, God's not interested in that. He says, you know what? Save that. Go get on your knees and confess your sins. Get right with me. Get your heart right with me and then come back and sing. The next thing that we, that we find here tonight, right, in terms of having our heart perfect before God is this, right? A perfect heart is devoted, right? A perfect heart is devoted. 
First Kings chapter 11, verse 4, it says, For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. His heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. It says, For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and get this, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Right? To be devoted, that means that speaks to the fact that we would be set apart or dedicated unto something. Right? And we read here that Solomon's heart, it was not perfect before God. Right? He was not devoted to God. Right? His heart was turned away after other gods. And as a result, right, we see in verse 6 that he went not fully after the Lord. And so don't miss here the, the connection between who and what we are devoted to and what we pursue in our life. Our third key point here for tonight is that we seek, we pursue that which we are devoted to. Right? We will always seek, we will always pursue that which we're devoted to. Now recall 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 that God said he's looking for those whose heart would be perfect toward him. Right? Toward him. That word toward, it, it, it implies a motion in the direction of God. Right? A motion in the direction of God. And the, and the implication here is that it's a pursuit of God. Right? It's a pursuit of God. And so a question for us here to ask ourselves tonight, is our heart toward him? Right? Do you, do we seek him? Right? Do we seek the Lord in his word? Do we seek him in prayer? Do we seek him with his body? Do we seek him in his mission? 1 Chronicles 16.11, it says, Seek ye the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Deuteronomy 4.29, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And again, you've got a number of other cross-references in your note. I'll let you check those out on your own. But, but back to Solomon, we find that what, what challenged Solomon's devotion to God, right, what kept his heart from being perfect towards God, were the idols that Solomon allowed that he set up in his life. Now, now typically, we, we just think of idols simply as, as an object of worship, right? But in a more, uh, in a broader sense, right? An idol is really anything that challenges our devotion to God, right? Or his place of preeminence in our life. In 1 Kings chapter 15, uh, verse 11 through 14, it tells us that that Asa, the king over Judah, that his heart was actually perfect before God. And it tells us why. It says that he removed all of the idols out of the land. All right, for the sake of time, I, I won't read it all, but, but verse 12, it says that he took away the, the Sodomites out of the land. He removed all the idols. We also see in verse 13, and also uh, Meha, his mother, even her he removed from being queen because she made an idol in the grove. Now, we see in verse 14, Asa was not a perfect guy. Right, he was not perfect. It, it, it says, but the high places were not removed. It says, but nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect before the Lord all his days. Right? So he wasn't a perfect guy, and yet his heart was perfect towards God because he removed the idols out of the land. So question here for us tonight, right? Are there idols in our life that hinder our devotion to God? Right, that keep us from seeking him the way that he desires. 
For some of us, that's, that's other people. For some of us, that's activities. It's devices. It's objects. It's apps on your phone. It's games. It's social media. Right, but are there things in your life that keep you from seeking God continually? We are not devoted to something. We are not devoted to someone that we do not seek after. Now, if I could give you just a, a simple illustration that I think most people in the room could, could go with, if you go to the next slide for me. So this is a picture of my kids. Uh, this is, uh, I guess on, on your left, this would be Adela and this is Gabriel. Now, my kids are very devoted to me, right? They love spending time with dad, right? It, doesn't really matter what dad's doing, right? Dad can be home, dad can be working, right? Which is an inconvenient time to be spending time with dad. Um, dad can be watching TV. They wanna spend time with me watching TV, right? They wanna spend time with me when I'm working out. They wanna spend time with me when I'm going to church. They wanna spend time with me when I'm outside, right? Mowing the yard, right? Whatever it is that I'm doing, they don't really care, right? They just wanna spend time with me. Right? They're, they're devoted to me now. It doesn't mean that they don't have other interests, right? that they don't have friends, that they don't go to school. No, no they do all of those things, right? But um, they wouldn't trade dad for a friend. They wouldn't trade dad for time in a video game, right? If it's, if it's spending time with dad and hanging out with dad and doing something fun with dad or, or video game or TV time, or, like it's time with dad, right? Um, this, is, this is a typical night uh, at my house, right? This is like, day is over, jammies are on, time together, right? And it could be story time, it can be play a game time, it can be watch a movie time, like, they just want to spend time with me. Because they're devoted to me, and if I do a, a lick of a job as a father, right, they'll learn to be even more devoted to God than they ever are to me. Right, but let's not kid ourselves, right? We, we can't claim to be devoted to God if we're not actively seeking him in our life, right? If God just gets the scraps from the table, right? You tell me, you tell me how devoted God thinks you are to him when he gets the scrap of your life, when he gets the last few minutes of every day, when he gets the 30 seconds before you get out of your car, he gets the five minutes before you fall asleep at night in bed reading his word, right? You tell me how, God, how devoted God thinks you are to him. Point number three, right? This is our last point for tonight. A perfect heart is willing. Right? A perfect heart is willing. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, it says, Thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searcheth all the hearts he understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts if thou seek him he will be found of thee but if thou forsake him he will cast thee off forever right and so we see here that God knows our hearts right he knows our thoughts right God is looking for those that will seek him willingly not out of constraint not begrudgingly not because we have to Right? Not because we want something, not because we're trying to impress someone, right? but because we know him. Right? We know him, and we see him for who he is, and we understand his power, and we understand and we see his majesty, and we recognize that, oh my God, look at what he's done for me. Right? When I was an enemy of the cross, 
Not when I decided to get my life cleaned up. When I was an enemy of the cross, right, Christ died for me. Not after I got through discipleship lessons. Not after I started attending church faithfully. No, no, no. When I was an enemy, when I was one of those guys who would have been there putting the nails through his hand and the nails through his feet, that's when Christ died for me. And he didn't just stop there, right? He invited me into his family. And he gave me a purpose, a purpose that's bigger than anything I can get out of this life. And he continues to work in my life and on my behalf. And think of the mercies that he's shown me and the provision that he's given me. I mean, just spend some time. It will blow your mind. Like, we are incapable of truly understanding everything about God. And yet, like, the more you get to know him, right, it, it, it becomes this exercise that goes from, I have to do this, Lord, to I get to do this, Lord. Right, ministry is no longer, I have to do this. Well, Pastor Kenny asked me to do something else this week. Yeah, I mean, doesn't Kenny realize I, I have a job and I, I've got a family and I've got kids and like, I mean, I've, I've got all this stuff to do and, 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 and you know, uh, Sam asked me to do something else and yeah, man, I, I gotta do this, I gotta do this and it's like, no, 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 no. There, there is no have to. Man, I get to serve the Lord. I get to read his word and hear his voice. I get to pray to a God that hears my prayers. I get to worship him. I get to gather with his people. So our last key point here tonight is this, right? God is always more concerned with the why than he is the what. God is always more concerned with the why than he is the what, right? If the why is right, then the what will always work itself out. Right? When the why is right, that's when God will show himself strong in us. Again, 1 Chronicles 29, it says, Then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with a perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful a willing giver. So question here for tonight, right? What is your why? Right? What is your why? Why do you seek? Why do you serve? Why do you praise? Why do you give? And I want to propose to you tonight that if your why is not right, maybe you don't know him like you should. Again, in, in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, David told Solomon to know God. You know, this was the advice of a father to a son. He says, know God and then serve him with a perfect heart, with a willing mind. See, the more we get to know him, we can't help but lay down the whole of our lives, right? All that we have and all that we are, right, for him. We're out of time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and invite Mark, if you'd come on up, uh, Mark and the worship team, to come on up here tonight. Right? If you're here tonight, and you can say, hey, you know what, I, I want, I need for the Lord to show himself strong in me, right? Man, that's, that's my heart's desire. But you know what, I, as I'm sitting here tonight, right, I'm, I'm seeing God's word, and I know in my heart of hearts that, that my heart's not perfect towards God. I'm not submitted 
I'm not really devoted. I, my why is all kinds of wrong. Right, if that's you here tonight, right, I, I, I want to invite you to come forward, right? We'll have people down front. We would love to, to be able to pray with you, to counsel with you, right? Don't leave here tonight, right? Having heard from the Lord and not putting a stake down. Don't leave here tonight knowing that, you know what? My heart is not perfect before God, right? And turning God away, right? The offer is on the table. God desires to show himself strong in your life, right? It's your choice whether or not you are going to allow him to do so. And if you're here tonight and you can say, hey, you know what? We're we're talking about being submitted to the Lord and devoted to the Lord. And, you know, I I heard you say a lot of things, but you know what? I I don't even know if I'm on my way to heaven. I don't even know if I'm saved, right? This this whole thing about salvation and, and what that means, right? I want to invite you to come forward as well, right? Again, there will be people down front. We would love to open up God's word with you. We'd love to be able to show you from scripture how you can know for certain that you're on your way to heaven with the Lord forever and ever, right? It will change your life. Don't, don't hear from the Lord tonight and walk away, right? If you need to grab someone to pray with, come down front. We'd love to meet with you. I'm going to pray and then we're going to close out in worship. But if you need to, to meet with the Lord, come forward. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for your word. Thank you for its challenge to us, Lord. This was a, a super exciting message, Lord. The, the idea that, Lord, you desire to show yourself strong in us, Lord. We are, oh my goodness, every, every minister, every servant of the Lord should, should absolutely be throwing their hands up and say, yes, Lord, that's me. Um, and we want that, and yet, Lord, sometimes we want that on our own terms. Uh, sometimes we want to, yeah, God, I want you to show yourself strong, but I'm not willing to submit to the terms of that, right? I, I don't want to hold up my end of the bargain, and Lord, don't let that be us tonight. Father, any area of our life where, where we're not submitted to your word, Lord, any area of, of, of secret sin or disobedience, Father, help us to, to cast those things down, to call sin what it is, to look at it at, like you do, Father, and to get right before you. Father, any of our life where, Lord, we're not devoted to you because, you know what, the things and the cares of this life, Lord, have distracted us. They've taken us away from you, and we're not seeking you with the whole of our lives. Father, forgive us. Lord, help us to, to, to rid ourselves of those things, right, to rid ourselves of the idols that, Lord, keep us from being truly devoted and seeking after you. And, Father, help us to do it with the right heart. Lord, if our heart's not right, Lord, would you work on our heart? Lord, we don't want to do things out of constraint. We don't want to do things begrudgingly. We don't want to, we don't want to give and we don't want to serve, Lord, with a wrong heart. Lord, you're not interested in that. So, Father, help us to come before you with a right heart. Lord, again, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, for your mercies. We thank you that, Lord, you have and you continue to show yourself strong in us. Father, let our, let our heart be right towards you. Lord, we ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.